0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton.
1: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, celebrating reunion weekend, where alumni have gathered to reconnect and learn. This is a special presentation of Career Talk with your host, Dr. Don Graham.
0: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM Channel 111. Hey, it's 10 a.m. Saturday, Eastern Time. We are live taking your calls for our special Wharton reunion radio, and we want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 942 I'm going to give a shout-out to all of our alumni celebrating their anniversary. Woohoo! Congratulations and welcome back to campus. So we have Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion, who are here all hour long. I would love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and corporate recruiter. And we have some very exciting alumni here to share their advice with you all hour. And if you'd like to ask them a question... We'd love to take your call at 844-942-7866. So, As we kick off this special, I'm very excited to welcome Lee Liebowitz, who is the Director of Service Line Analytics and Strategy for the University of Pennsylvania Health System right here at Penn Medicine. Lee provides leadership, analytics-based insight and operational support related to financial and market development issues, and prior roles have included Accenture Invoyant, and McKesson with significant experience in strategy sales, customer service, operations, and many, many more things. He graduated from the program that I work for, which is the MBA for Executives program right here in Philly. And this marks his five year anniversary. Welcome to the program, Lee.
1: Thank you, Dawn. Top of the morning to you.
0: So, yes, yes. I usually don't do a show in the morning, so I've got my wah-wah coffee, and we're all set to go. But congrats on five years. Can you believe it?
1: I can't believe it. I woke up this morning and did some quick math, and uh, I can't believe how much has happened in five years. Well,
0: good. We're excited to hear about it. because, um, And I will, I will say, just for our listeners, Lee is very involved with coming back to campus and mentoring our current students and giving out great advice, so you're in for a real treat. He's got lots of great things to share with you about how you can be successful and effective in your career but Lee I want to start you went to the executive program here at Wharton and so that means that our executive program invites people back who have you know around 10 or more years of experience so what uh, why did you make the decision to come back to school in your career
1: that's a great question so um, I'll start with saying there is never a perfect time to come back to school okay Um, I had kids I had a job obviously had a job um, and so it's never easy but what happened to me was I realized in my job that I'd reached sort of a plateau. Uh, my opportunities to, to grow and to continue to learn seemed to be leveling off. And, and in my young 30s, realized I didn't want that yet. I wasn't ready for a plateau. Mm-hmm. And I needed something to really get me going, jumpstart my career, uh, get my, um, my head back in a learning mode. And, and so did a little looking around. Um, going back to school, getting an MBA was always something on my radar Um, But looked around, realized one of the best programs in the world was really right in my backyard. Uh, And so I came, sat in on a class, didn't know what they were talking about at the time. Um, But it was really energizing to see um, how students were interacting and learning the material and how great the professors were. And from there, just went along the process, learned more, applied, interviewed, took the GMATs. It's always fun. uh, And found myself back here at at Wharton.
0: So, we have a lot of um, college students across the US who are graduating right now and some of them are thinking about going right into graduate school and some of them are thinking about, you know, should I wait or do you what are your when you think about it, obviously you waited and went back to school. I'm sure there's pros and cons to both, but you know, in your opinion, what are some of the things people should consider if they're thinking, should I go now or should I wait?
1: So that's a tough one. I think everybody has to make their own decisions based on what they want to do in their career or for their next step in their career. Um, I, I can speak from my experience that waiting made all of the difference in the world because I came back to school with real-life questions, real-life experiences. Uh, my cohort, my peers in the program had real-life experiences. Um, and, I, and I'll say one of the key differences was sitting in class. Um, real example, we were talking about a case And one of my peers raised their hand and said, I was on the team that worked on that acquisition. Wow. And here was our perspective. Um, And so um, having some life experience, having some business experience really enabled us uh, and me um, to apply the knowledge we were learning to make it real. Um, And so for me personally, waiting made – in retrospect, was the best decision uh, and it made, made the learning more than just about the textbooks,
0: so one topic that you know very well, and as do listeners of career talk is that i I believe networking is the heart and soul of career success, whether you're looking for a job or you're looking to advance or just you know in, in general learn, keep learning. So can you share a little bit, Lee, about how networking has played a role not just through your cohort in the MBA but you know throughout your career, and um, how that has impacted your success?
1: Sure. So, um, so much of work is the interpersonal um, component. So there are very few jobs where you sit in a cube and you crunch numbers and you hand somebody a piece of paper. Uh, So much of it's about working together, um, solving problems, fixing things. uh, And, and that is all interpersonal. And the best way to build relationships, meet new people is to put yourself out there. So whether it's uh, uh, finding somebody with some, a common connection and having coffee or identifying a potential industry or a potential job that you think might be interesting to you. um, Going out there and meeting people is the best way to, A, learn, and also for them to get to know you. And again, making that connection, being um, person to person, that's so much of what work and what success is about.
0: Mm -hmm. So a lot of people struggle, Lee, with how to keep those networks alive and how to build them because clearly you're a very busy person, especially when you were going to school because you were working full time and going to school. So... What advice do you have for people about how to keep those networks, especially because you've moved jobs a couple of times and you get immersed in the new job and, and maybe you don't keep in touch with people from the past, but what advice do you have for individuals who struggle with, with keeping those networks alive?
1: So the good news is we live in an age with social media, um, you know, LinkedIn is a great professional tool to, at a minimum, uh, keep connected. So I think one of the things that people used to struggle with was losing touch, losing the ability to contact folks. Um, so I think we're fortunate that we have the ability to at least be able to find the people we want to find. Um, I think a, a big compa- a, a big success strategy is just being willing to go and reach out, even if it's been a year or two years or six months or whatever the time period is. Um, people love to hear from you, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I love to hear from people, even if it's folks I haven't been close with or been in touch with. For somebody to reach out to me, I'm always going to return a call. I'm always going to, you know, schedule some time to to catch up and chat. Um, and it can be that simple. So you don't always have to have an agenda. Um, you don't always have to, to to be in touch with somebody on a constant or regular basis to, to uh, reach out.
0: So I think one of the things that, that, you know, the reunion weekend, that's a very key one. I think any time you have an opportunity to see a lot of people at once, like a reunion or a wedding or a retirement or things like that, I think that's a great time to show up and to just even shake a few hands, meet a few new people, because you're getting kind of maximum benefit. For maybe just a few hours of your time. So I think that, you know, the whole idea of of Wharton's reunion is a great one for that purpose. Um, And I also think that um, as you're talking about this, one of the things that is sort of implied in what you're saying is you've got to make time for it. You have to kind of build it into your daily routine. It can't be something that you think of only when you need a job or only when you're thinking that, um, you know, I might get laid off or things like that. It's it's something that's constant for you, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, And what I find is you always learn. So you talk to people, you learn about what they're doing, um, the the, uh, careers that they're engaged in or the industries they're engaged in. And what I found is you can always take snippets of information, um, again, even if you're not actively looking to make a change in your own life, but snippets of information about how people are approaching their own challenges in their job – and apply that to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish.
0: Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to a very special episode of Career Talk as part of Wharton's Reunion Radio. If It's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific. If you're up out there on the Saturday, we are live and taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 942 I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Lee Liebowitz, who is celebrating his five-year anniversary from Wharton's MBA Executive MBA actually program here, and we are live in studio talking about career advice that helps you to be successful. So, so Lee, you work here right here at Penn Medicine, um, and so you've stayed in Philadelphia for your career.
1: Uh, yes and no.
0: Yes and no. <laughs> so yeah, you, you've gone you've gone a little bit, but um, so is how has that been helpful or hurtful in your career? I mean, should people be willing to move and? Obviously, people are juggling family and, and lots of other things. But how does that impact a career?
1: So I think before I came back to the executive uh, MBA program here at Wharton, um, one of my personal limiting factors was mm-hmm. I didn't want to relocate. I had a family. Mm-hmm. We were happy in in South Jersey where we live. Um, and so for me, coming back to school was one of the ways to get around that, That uh, again, acknowledged inflexibility. Mm-hmm. Um Post graduation, I went into consulting. Did a lot of traveling, so that's another way to get around mm-hmm. if you don't want to relocate. Um, I think having flexibility to move and to relocate, if that's the right thing, for, the right thing for your family, um, opens up opportunity. Um, but there are other ways to do it if you are geographically uh, uh, happy. <laughs>
0: geographically happy, I like it. <laughs> it's very PC. I'm geographically happy, and I think that's true. I mean, I think I think more people stay. In a given location than necessarily move. So, um, you know, how, how, so you said if you're geographically happy, you can find other ways to kind of network and broaden your career. What are some of those ways for people who are not interested in either relocating or there's some people who can't or just don't want to travel extensively?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm a big proponent of consulting, even though I don't do it anymore, uh, as a career experience um, and as a really great transferable and relatable skill on your resume. Um so the the travel that comes with most consulting jobs is uh, arduous. Um and so if that's not an option or not something that's attractive to you, um there are I, I think employers have become much more flexible about um creative work mm-hmm. environments. So work at home or partial work at home or you know partial remote work. Um and so I think geography is not as limited to what's in your immediate, you know, 45-minute commute radius. Um there are lots of people who live in this area that work in New York City and maybe go twice a week or go one week every month or whatever you know those creative um, work arrangements tend to be. Um, with technology and with companies that are spread across uh, the country or around the world, uh, that's much more common.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I like what you're saying because as people are thinking about either maybe you're just newly graduating or you're looking to make a mid-career change, I think these things are important to think about is where I'm, where am I in life? What, um, what is currently making me happy that is maybe a non-negotiable? You know, how does family factor in or how does the location where I am or do I own a house? I mean all of these things have to be factored in. A lot of people just focus on the actual job or even worse, just the salary. And they're not thinking about all of these things. But as you change in stages of life, your values change. And these things need to be taken into consideration when you are thinking about your next job search. So I, I love the way you um, you put that. Hey, eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to a very special episode of Career Talk here on Wharton's Reunion Radio on Sirius XM Channel One Eleven. We have Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion, who'd love to hear from you. Um, and we are uh, graced in studio with Lee Leibowitz, who's the director of Service Line Analytics and Strategy for the University of Pennsylvania Health System. I'm right here at Penn Medicine. So if you've got any questions, we'd love to answer them. 844 942 So... So we, a lot of times, and especially because I'm a career coach, I, I help people put together resumes and LinkedIn profiles. And those careers look very linear, and you know they don't look like they have any hiccups along the way. But we know that that's traditionally not what happens. So I, I get a lot of newer students who say, "I can't make a career decision because it'll look bad on my resume, or because it'll it'll you know to make me take a step back, and I, I'll lose my my pay level." I mean, what is your advice to people who who are not willing to take a risk? Um, because of some of those reasons?
1: So I'm a big proponent of, of having a story. Um, and so I made a career change as part of uh, you know my, my process here at Wharton, um, went into consulting being a, an experienced professional without consulting experience. So that was a challenge. Um, but I had a story. So when I met with folks, whether it was through networking or career counseling and guidance or interviews, um, I knew Uh, how to tell the story of why I was making the decisions I was making or I had made in the past. Uh, And so being nonlinear is normal. You don't always know where you're going to be in five years or 10 years or 15 years. It's a journey. uh, I think just about everybody has a journey with pivots and changes uh, along the way. And and just being able to verbalize and tell your story um, is important. So I think my advice is, Know your story, practice it, get input from other people who um, are around you, who can help you form your story, because sometimes you don't see it because you're you but uh, the reasoning behind some of the decisions that you make.
0: Yeah, and we talk about career story a lot here because it is important. I mean, you need to kind of take your past and take your experience and take all of those things and put them together into a coherent story that your your new audience, whether that's your boss or your network, can understand. And I think that's something that people struggle with is that, you know, it doesn't have to be every aspect of your life. It doesn't have to be that, you know, you took a, you took a brief hiatus to try – uh, new business for six months and it didn't work out. I mean, you can leave that off. You can leave that out of your story. So it's a matter of knowing your audience and then picking those things that relate to that story. So along those lines, Lee, was there, um, was there a mistake you made in your career that you've really learned from that probably isn't part of your story, but maybe others can benefit from?
1: Yeah, I, I think the biggest single mistake that I've made in my career was early on, actually coming out of undergrad, um, I had an opportunity to do consulting. Um, and chose to go to industry instead. And I I think in retrospect, fortunately, I was able to kind of correct that by doing consulting later in life. Um, But uh, going into industry and having um, an early career from the resume perspective on paper, that was hard for people to understand what it is that I do or -hmm. did and what it is that I bring to the table. Um, And so, uh, you know, you've heard me talk about consulting as an experience that is relatable and, um, you know, looks good and, and, Certainly, there are lots of other experiences outside of consulting that do that accomplish the same goal, um, but something where uh, no matter what the industry, no matter who it is that is looking at your resume on paper, um, they understand the skill set that you've learned or that you bring. Um, I think a graduate degree kind of does the same thing or, or helps to accomplish that same goal. It's something where if if they don't know you, they haven't met you, they haven't heard your story. They can look at who you are on a piece of paper and at least have some comprehension of, of the skills that you might bring to the table.
0: So how important um, – you know, you're talking about consulting. And I want to dig into that because I, I think something you said earlier about really recognizing where you're a good match um, and, and you have this deep consulting experience. So um, tell us about I, – I want you to be real here, Lee. Uh, tell us about what is the life of a consultant really because some people are considering going into this and um, – they could benefit from using some or some getting some good, solid, real sure. feedback about it.
1: I'm never not real.
0: I know. That's why you're here, <laughs> Lee, because I know that about you.
1: Um, so, the life of a consultant. Um, so, so, if I'm speaking broadly, what consulting is, it's the ability to come in and, and learn quickly and help solve problems and apply frameworks that you learn along the way as you get experience to other problems. Um. So when I talk about what's transferable and what is kind of universally known, that's that's in a nutshell what it is. Uh, the life of a consultant can really vary. So a lot of it depends on on the projects uh, and the industries and things like that. Uh, the travel is real. So there are firms and there are jobs or or, or client assignments where you won't travel. That happens too. Um, but I think if you're going in or thinking about going into consulting, you have to realize that it is very much a possibility that monday morning you're on a plane your way and thursday night or friday morning you're coming home um while you're at a client site you're going to work um again a, a lot of variables but you're going to work long hours uh you're going to spend a lot of time with your team and so this goes back to that interpersonal um component of you know if, if you interview with somebody or if you are interviewing somebody and you spend a half hour with them and you want to poke your eyes out with a fork. Um, they're probably not somebody you want to spend 40 hours a week sitting in a room, just the two of you or in a small team, uh, working through problems. So so that part is real as well. Um, uh, so it's, it's a lot about learning quickly and applying uh, lessons learned from other uh, assignments, other engagements to the, the engagement, uh, the problem that you're trying to solve.
0: And so where does all that hard work launch you into? So where are where your, um, you know, if you look at that as your launch pad, where you're going to go somewhere else, what are your opportunities after a consulting gig?
1: Sure. So I think um, there are lots of people who make a career out of it. Uh, it you work hard, but it's very rewarding, and you're constantly learning. Um, the other thing that, that I think it enables you to do is see a lot of different um, places, companies, industries with without risk, right? So you can go and you can... Get new jobs every few years to learn about different things. Um, that that is a strategy, I, I suppose. Um, but uh, in that consulting world, you learn a lot, and so you are making connections. You are building a network all over the country w- with your clients. Um, there is lots of folks that do consulting and then transition and go work for a client they've worked you know, that they have worked for as a consultant in the past. Um, so again, it's it's that breadth of knowledge, and you can really learn what you like and what you don't like, and then um, leverage that to to get a job.
0: So, I got to ask you a fun question as somebody who oh, spent a lot of time on an airplane what's your what's your must have in the cabin so you you have to have this on your on your trip
1: um, so uh books or an e reader so that was definitely lifeline. I did a lot of reading. uh I'll be real. I played a lot of candy crush
0: all right fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. good to know if you invite me to play that I would lose um. So okay, so I have to tag on to that. Then you do a lot of reading. Do you have any uh, books or podcasts or things like that that you'd recommend to our listeners that either around healthcare or consulting or um, just general business that you found to be particularly helpful to you?
1: Um, I tried to read fiction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, or, or things that were a little more uh, more fun. Um, but I will, I will put a plug in for a podcast. So I, I, tra- I commute on a train now, so I still have time to do podcasts or reading. Um there's a great podcast that you would probably love called Ono oh Ross and Carrie. If you've heard of it, say,
0: say that slower.
1: <laughs> oh no, Ross and Carrie.
0: Oh no, yes. Ross and Carrie. Yeah. You said that okay, that's like four, four five syllables that you said in literally one. Oh okay. no, Ross and Carrie. What? Or six syllables. Okay, so tell me what this is about. Yeah.
1: So, so it's basically the host the, the co host, Ross and Carrie, and they go and investigate weird things that like I know you like trivia, um, you, know, you know, so things that you would be interested in learning about, but don't have the time to go learn about. So, you know, it could be, uh, you know, the, uh, the alien culture, you know, people that believe that aliens are here.
0: Do you believe in aliens, Lee? Uh,
1: I believe in there. Probably, there's probably life forms <laughs> elsewhere in the universe.
0: As we digress, hey, you're yeah. bringing it up. I, I, that fair. was that was not one of my questions on the list. I will I will tell you that. <laughs> There are other life forms. But, yeah, I do love fun facts, and I do think that um, I would like that podcast for that reason. But So I have a question for you, Lee. As a graduate of uh, Wharton's MBA for Executives program, do you know – because we have a campus in both Philadelphia and San Francisco. You attended the Philadelphia campus. Do you know the year that the San Francisco campus opened?
1: The current building?
0: The No. (laughs) No, let's not get complex. Just when we established... I I had to look this up, too, so don't feel bad.
1: I I feel like this is a trick question. Um,
0: It really isn't. Now, Dion would tell you it is, because Dion knows... It's always a trick question. No, but this time it's really not.
1: Right. (laughs) I'm going to go
0: 1994. Ooh. No. Dion, do you have an answer? If he's going 94, I'm I'm going... uh... I'm, I'm trying to
1: do this like uh, is it, is it the uh, price is right? I'm
0: going one under. I'm saying 93. Ooh, Michelle? I'll go one over. Uh, look at you. <laughs> You're That's all like game, game show champions. <laughs> um, it was actually August of 2001, and mm. if you think about it, that was probably the most horrible time to open a new campus. Wait, it? so don't I win? well sure Dion wait so, you, so we so we just handed our wins now I so? win <laughs> 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 she needs a ding Dion um Yeah, so 2001. Can you believe that? Wow. I I was kind of shocked because I feel like it just opened. So, yeah, we've had a campus out there since 2001. Really interesting fun facts of of Wharton for Wharton's Reunion Radio. You're listening to Career Talk Series, XM Channel 111. And we are here with Lee Leibowitz, who is a five-year anniversary celebrator today and works over at Penn Medicine. So, um, Lee, kind of as we um, wind down, what is the worst career advice you'd ever received?
1: Uh, there's no such thing as bad advice. Um, you don't yeah, always, have, you yeah, don't always have to take it.
0: <laughs> that's true, but that yeah, that's true. You don't have to take it. I'll I'll agree with that part. But there's a lot of bad advice.
1: There there is. Um, I think when people tell you what you have to have or what you don't have to have, that that can be troubling. So, in my career, I had been told previous to coming back to Wharton, you know, you don't need an MBA anymore. Um, and and I'm not trying to say you need an MBA, but I think. The advice of you don't need it is bad advice.
0: So you think you do? This is like a lot of double negatives. So you do need it. What?
1: No, 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 no. I think it depends.
0: It depends. Okay. On?
1: Um, so I think it depends on what your career goals are, what mm-hmm. you want to accomplish. Um, I will say in a lot of industries nowadays, um, having some graduate degree is very helpful. Okay. Um, but it doesn't have to be an MBA. There are lots of successful people who have other graduate degrees. Um, I think having a graduate degree helps you get to a next level in your career. Uh, I think it it shows that you um, are interested in learning and that you have the ca- uh, capacity and the capability to continue to learn because that 's what uh, life is right and that 's what uh, work is nowadays. Things move so quickly uh, in every industry i can 't think of any industry, even healthcare. Um, that moves slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having the capacity and the demonstrated capability of learning and applying things, uh, applying your knowledge and your experience to the current problems that you're facing um, is is a, a necessity.
0: I agree with that. I think we, we had a show a couple weeks ago about reinventing yourself. And the fact is you don't have the opportunity not to anymore. Now you have me using this roundabout language.
1: Double negative. I know.
0: You must reinvent yourself because the fact is with technology and globalization and things moving at warp speed, we don't have the luxury of, of sitting around and, and you know 10 years going by and not learning anything new. So I, I completely agree. And um, obviously I have a graduate degree and I, I value education. And I think in today's world there's so many ways we can continue to do that. There's, there's Coursera and online and, and there's conferences and all of these things that that get you out there so there really isn't even if you can't afford or don't have the time or right now isn't the best time for a graduate degree there really is no excuse not to be out there continuously learning so so i was going to wrap up with what's your best advice but i'm guessing that's that is your best advice lee for your best career advice for people who are maybe either thinking about making a career change or maybe our new grads coming out
1: well, we talked about networking and, and the importance of, of building network and having a story. Um, and we have talked about learning. So I, I think the learning component, whether that's through formalized um, graduate degree or, or, or um, coursework uh, or informally, there's lots of way to spin, to, to spin that tale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think continuous learning, continuous growth is the best advice.
0: And networking. And networking. Because we have to end it on my favorite word. Lee, I've so enjoyed having you on the show today. Um, where can listeners reach you if they wanna they wanna hear more? Like LinkedIn.
1: LinkedIn would be great.
0: Um, yeah, and do include a personal message to let Lee know that you heard him here on Career Talk Series XM's reunion radio. Oh, you're we're here all hour long and it's ten AM. Eastern Time on a Saturday, very early, 7 a.m. out there on the Pacific Coast. But we are live. So if you are catching us, we'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Thank you so much for coming, Lee. And when we come back, we will be here with another Wharton MBA alumni to share some great career advice. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM. We'll be right back. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.